I am become Barbie, destroyer of worlds. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen. This is Requiem for a Tuesday, and I am Adam Pecora. The moment you've all been waiting for is finally here. The unlikely movie event of the summer is blowing projections out of the water. And thank God that it's not Marvel garbage or DC garbage or garbage in general that's causing this. This is the right sign for cinema. Voice cracked a little there. And we'll get into it right after these messages. Please rate, review, and subscribe to Requiem for a Tuesday. Apple, Spotify, we're coming to iHeartRadio and uh, Audible. Now that Stitcher's dead, I didn't know that I wasn't on those. I'll be on those if you're somehow on that. Hello, this is me. Welcome. Uh <laughs> We got merch, rfat.bigcartel.com. You can follow me on Instagram at adam.rfat. Everything is linked in the description below. You can find my music, Multiplex with Justice, who has his own stuff, Chef Juice, Microwave Minutes, and you can find my solo stuff under Wolf X and lots of other goodies, everything below. But just rate and subscribe this thing. That'll get us... Where we need to go either way. Excuse me. (sighs) Having a little espresso with the pod. Recording here on a Sunday morn. Did the double feature yesterday. Uh, Oppenheimer 12 o'clock. Barbie 345. There was about 25-30 minutes in between actually but then the trailers restarted uh thankfully not a lot of overlap on the trailers for both movies however i have if i have to see that fucking gran turismo trailer one more time i'm gonna lose it i i get it okay it's based on the video game you're referencing a video game we get it cool You're not just trying to do Need for Speed as Fast and Furious or whatever that movie was that nobody saw. No disrespect to Aaron Paul. But uh, he made a lot of poor choices (laughs) with his movie career. Anyway, hope he's doing well. I'm sick of seeing that trailer. I've seen it now a hundred times. I still don't know when that movie comes out, and I've never seen it anywhere else but in the theater. The weirdest thing of all. It's like, that's the one movie that's doing full traditional marketing. Uh, Barbie, let's just say, excellent marketing across the board. I mean, they took over Google. Their shit is everywhere. Apparently, the hype is so real that... I mean, just local businesses around the city here are just doing random Barbie promotions. They're in no way tied to the film. Uh, They're not in any way in the movie business, you know? Like, it's just some bar, like Barbie Happy Hour, whatever. Bunch of clothes sales, like, for pink and shit. Look, they got a movement going. Good for them. I don't really get it that much. Especially because most people do hate Barbies, as far as I know. Uh, Especially if you have a buzz cut as a lady. I don't imagine you're a Barbie fan. Now, maybe that's just speculation. But, hey, I'd put money on it, is all I'm saying. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Before I get too ahead of myself, reminder, this is a full spoiler podcast. I have, otherwise, I'll have nothing to say. So, you know, be weary of that going forward. If you didn't make it out for opening weekend, maybe save this one. Maybe subscribe to the pod, wink. And you can come get it later. Uh, anyway, 
Espresso. Shout out, Eric. Actually, double side note here. While we're doing shout outs, found out all of a sudden uh, a homie from high school, also a movie lover, of which we had many discussions 10 plus years ago, uh, has had a podcast with some friends for about the same length of time as me, and we both just found out about it like last week. So shout out to the homie Blake and the Back Row Banter Boys. Go check their podcast out as well. But anyway, I guess my point is really just I don't understand from where all of this hype originated. I guess I also don't really understand the entirety of the Barbenheimer meme. I mean, I get that there is a wild juxtaposition between the movies. Like, there's no doubt about that. To which I would just say, uh, every summer, a ton of huge blockbuster movies normally always came out, and they were always different movies. Like, this is... This, to me, feels like every weekend of every summer of my childhood. Like, this would be every week. It'd be like, well, not every week. Don't get me wrong. But you know what I mean? A month every year, there would be one of these where it's two huge things coming out. Um, I just don't know how rooted it all is. I don't know how much knowledge needs to go into it. Or not, like, I'm not aware if everybody is aware of Nolan's beef with Warner Brothers. So Barbie was intentionally released on the same day after he left and Oppenheimer's release date was announced. Like, I don't know if that all goes into all of this or if I'm just too plugged in. You know what I'm saying? So whatever your reasoning may be, the marketing machine kind of forced me into this. Now, I have been on the record of not being Christopher Nolan's biggest fan. This is not to say that I don't like or even love multiple films of his. As a matter of fact, let's refer to the filmography. So, I mean, following, couldn't get through it, may have just been too young, but still... Couldn't have been that great that, you know, like if I turned it off at one point, it couldn't be so much better now that I'm like, actually, this may be his best film. Like, it's definitely still just mid at best. So we can just pass on that. Memento. Uh, this is one of the ones where it doesn't it doesn't go great. Uh, going in order wasn't the best move for me. Uh, famously not a fan of this. I thought that Memento kind of sucked. Now, this was spoiled for me. You know, it's one of those movies where, like, it's it had a pretty big legend around it. It was on, like, the AFI 100 film series, probably some other shows as well. And, uh, you know, so maybe that was a factor, but I didn't find it to be all that interesting. And... I mean, I saw the, I knew the ending, but you could see it a mile away. I don't know. I don't know. Because I didn't know how it got there either way. I don't know. Whatever. Don't like Memento. Insomnia, one of the two of these, I believe, that I haven't seen. Uh, I am very interested in Insomnia. Just one of those ones that fell through the cracks. Uh, Batman Begins, fine. The Prestige, actually, love it. Pretty great movie. Dark Knight, I mean, of course, you know, what can you really say? Although, having seen it like a hundred thousand times just by default, you know, it's certainly overhype. I mean, I only, when the Joker's not on camera, it's just kind of, it's kind of bland and not interesting and it kind of doesn't work. Uh... The whole, th the whole thing where they go to China was just crazy and pretty sure was written just to be in the Chinese market to make the movie more money. 
is what I gather about that. Uh, either way, you know, I've soured. I've soured is all I can say. Uh, Inception, you know, it's f- good and fine. Uh, that movie always goes hand in hand with Shutter Island to me just because of the time period and the Leonardo DiCaprio factor. And I a hundred times, uh, I 95 times out of a hundred times would rather watch Shutter Island than Inception. What can you say? Rises. Loved it at the time. Was too, I just wanted it to be too great. Uh, it's bad. It's pretty much overall pretty bad. Tom Hardy in it is good. Gordon Levitt was a huge mistake. He ruins the movie. For me, a lot actually. Every time he's on screen, the you know, a lot of lot of critiques. The football scene, though, wonderful. I mean, the brilliant stuff. That shit. The second I saw that trailer, I was like, oh fuck. Actually, same thing with the Dark Knight. When they did the full bank heist as the trailer thing, I was like, I am so locked into this. Anyway. Interstellar, the other one that I haven't seen, I'm not really interested. It seems like it would be annoying. Uh, Also, just like McConaughey as an astronaut, look, I respect that he has done a lot to improve as an actor compared to when he was getting, like, flack for failure to launch and all that garbage, whatever Terry Bradshaw movie he was in. Uh, That's all good and fine, amazing and true detective, all that shit undeniable but aside i mean come on like he can we just stop i'll get to josh hartnett as a nuclear physicist when when i actually get to oppenheimer but i mean can we stop can we stop uh dunkirk turned it off couldn't watch it theater only movie is was my general consensus and then tenant loved it Uh, shockingly Loved it. Didn't see it in theaters. Wish I did. Love that movie. Uh, A lot, actually. Because it was the first time he did... Well, the prestige is kind of sci-fi, too. But anyway, my point was just going to be it's him doing a really highly elevated concept like Inception or Prestige, but it's done without being super self-serious, which I appreciate the most because to me that's Inception's biggest problem. Uh, The Prestige is in the past. It is also too self-serious. It's about magicians. It gets a little ridiculous. Uh, So I guess that does apply. And Tenet is just like, look, this is kind of goofy, but I got some good ideas and this is like, you know, this is going to be a lot of fun. It made sense. You can't be both... Like, the concept can't be ridiculous and super serious. To me, at least. It's a very delicate balance. Uh, I mean, that's like James Cameron-level execution that you're going for, and it just doesn't work. He just can't do it. At least not yet. And also, to be fair, Christopher Nolan, a very handsome man, so the fact that he's this good of a director already, you know, you, you just can't have it all. Um, I think that he is not the best writer is essentially my criticism of him. I think his sense of scale is nearly unmatched. Like everything just seems so big and important. And he's very, very good at that. Uh you know, action set pieces, there's no question, really. You can't even, there's no, you know, you just can't deny that. Um, and honestly, so my concern going into the is, is more, I just don't like the way he's been talking, which is, you know, savior of cinema bullshit, but with an aggressive, like, I already don't like that, but especially with the, like, I'm a genius type shit, which, I don't know. Listen, we're not going to do a whole nother Kanye segment on here, but 
that man says he's a genius. It's on the New York Post, and the you know the whole world has to kick him in the head. Christopher Nolan is like, I'm God, and everybody's like, Yes, sir. Here's twenty five percent of the ticket sales. It's like, you know, can we relax a little bit? Because here's the thing. I named a bunch of like the Dark Knight being the movie and I guess Inception would be the two movies that are like huge moments that happened. But like, I don't know, to me, he's not a director draw, which apparently is the case, but I don't think so. The way, you know, Quentin Tarantino movies, they literally star the same people that are in this movie, like Leo and whoever. But that's just the main example. And they're advertised as Quentin Tarantino movies because he's the bigger draw, which isn't true. I get, you know, how much of that is him just stroking his own dick? That's a fair point as well. But my main idea is just that the marketing is skewed as that. I don't view Christopher Nolan as that type of guy. Uh, and I guess that's also just because he writes all his own movies and I don't think that any of them are considered masterpieces in any way. Like, I don't think he's made a truly like perfect, like nobody's maybe made a perfect movie, but you know what I mean? Something that is truly an elite, like classic movie. I don't think so. Like the dark Knight is a classic genre movie. That will live on as, you know, probably the greatest comic book movie of all time. Now, who knows how that'll evolve given how many are going to come out going forward. Um, but I don't think you would call it one of the greatest films of of the decade. I wouldn't. I don't think it's in, like, I wouldn't compare it to the social network in any way. No, those are separate decades. That was a bad point. But you know what I mean. And I also read some things about him being like, oh, there's a lot of parallels to AI and the Manhattan Project. And it's like, no, you're just an asshole. There's no parallels to making a movie to the Manhattan Project. Like, nothing you've ever done in your entire life probably you know what i mean like 99.999 repeating percent chance that you've never done anything remotely in your life that resembles anything like this and i really sincerely do not mean that as a super bash to nolan just the notion of that because i do very much want to try to respect what that meant at that time, like the project itself and how insane it was. And even just trying to imagine it actually happening, you know, like the detonation itself. Like, I think that we are pretty far removed from that and it's pretty easy to be like dismissive but I mean, you know, the way people on podcasts that I hear a lot talk about like Twitter being a pivotal moment for humans and that like, oh, can you imagine it was before Twitter, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, this is like that, but actually mattering, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like this is like defying laws that were previously not envisioned to be like there is no comparison to this that i can even make you know like the iphone is nothing you know what i mean like i and that's what we need to like put that perception of so anyway it's not like ai uh, and especially just alone, like if you want to just be very literal in that, like 
the purpose of this was just to destroy people from the jump, you know, whereas like AI's like here's some here's some photos. Here's a script. You know, it's obviously doing a lot of other things and I'm sure is being geared up for more nefarious actions, but you get my point. It wasn't invented to kill. It just will be used to kill as a side hustle, you know. But they really just want to sell you more pants for now. So after reading those things and then hearing on uh, the big picture that they felt that he was there was some like self-biographical like it's hard being a genius stuff in the movie. And I was like, oh, God, is he going to be stroking himself off in here? And no, that's not the case. See, I kind of got too far into my own head of how much the things I'm reading and my opinion of his writing warp my perception of how the movies actually are all the time. I kind of did the same thing with Tenet where I was like, oh, here we go. Mr. Self-Important is going to show up. And again, that movie is very light in tone. You know, for the most part. I mean, the action is done very well and seriously. But you get what I'm saying. Uh, The stakes of it. Never mind. (laughs) Man, empty stomach espresso really hits early in the morning. My apologies. Uh, (laughs) Let me try to tamp it down a little. Never. Anyway. We can dive into the movie itself finally. Uh, I think I preempted that quite enough. Listen, I don't know how else to say it. I kind of just loved it. Um, I think it was pretty much just like a genuinely great film. Like, after everything I just said to lead up to that, like, I think he finally did make his, like, I don't want to call it a masterpiece because, I mean, I I wouldn't say I'm blown away. Like, listen, this is just like a fucking great, incredibly well-made movie. It's not even that I have a ton to critique or notes or whatever. Um... You know, it just didn't land for me as, like, a generational all-time movie. Um, I think the reports, what's his name, Paul Schrader, being, like, it's the best film of the century. Like, that's all crazy and inflated and reactionary. Um, I could see how you could have that reaction, though. Like, if this movie really, really got you going, I could definitely see having that hot of a take. Uh, I think this is my hot take of it is just, this is his best movie. Like for sure. Uh, would it be my favorite of his probably still? Yes. But like tenets right there. Dark Knight is still right there. You know, I'm not trying to completely blow it out of the way, but I think in terms of like pure composition, like shot, you know what I mean? Like if you want to get all technical into every category and break down each thing, like this is his best movie. It's the most just well-made in every way. Uh, the, like the script is great. I don't have a ton there other than the huge red flag that he always has, which is basically all women are cunts in all of his movies. And, Nobody seems to, like, ever want to do anything about that. Uh, So Oppenheimer had, like, his affair chick who seems cool and whatever, and they just hang out naked and talk about being communists or whatever, like, philosophy, which, you know, as intellectuals do. I don't know what was going on in the 30s. I mean... A lot, obviously. There's a ton of crazy shit that was going on around that time. But 
there was a lot of just people talking ideas all the time. And I do kind of think, you know, government probably should have shut that down. Seems like it was annoying. (laughs) That's all I can say. Seems like the commies were fucking annoying, which they are now. But you know what I mean? They're not real anymore. The OG commies, it seemed like a tough hang, you know? As much as I probably, like, would have definitely leaned more towards their ideals, especially if I was, like, 18 to 22 at the time, I probably would have just been like, ah, but, like, these other guys got a keg. You know what I mean? Like, we're watching football. We're not reading books. You know? A lot of reading to be a communist. It just seems like too much reading. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Anyway. So, you know, they're sucking and fucking and whatever. And then. But then all of a sudden she just kills herself. You know, because the whole time she was she was dealing, you know, she was depressed and whatever. Because there can't just be a woman. You know what I mean? They always have to have something going on. So then his wife, his wife. Uh, what's her name? Emily Blunt, right? Uh, she like the performance phenomenal, but they meet and she's great. And then like very smart and quick and all that. And then he, he describes her positively many times throughout the film, his wife, but She's always drunk, which, hey, look, if she was a drunk, whatever, but she's always drunk and like treating her kids poorly or yelling at him like they never have any positive interactions really on screen after they meet. And much later when he's basically on trial, like his characters on trial, whatever we'll say, uh, she is like technically right and also supportive of him. She stands by his side the whole time. But all she does is go like, you're going to let them do this to us? Like, it's always geared up. And like, like they never have like a moment where she's like, hey, man, like you got to like defend yourself here. It's always like in a nagging like and whatever. If the per- like you could make the argument like, yeah, she's drunk and angry, whatever. I get it. But just given the track record of Christopher Nolan's female characters, even if this is somewhat accurate, it's just not a good look, man. Just cut it better. Put in the scenes where she's nice at some point. Because even though she is like... um, well, Anyway, when she is then interrogated in the thing, she like snaps back at the got at the questioning and is shown to be very smart and competent and like is doing what she says he should be doing for himself and all that type of stuff. The point is just, it's kind of like, Whoa, where'd this come from? She's all of a sudden just very witty and intelligent and you know, isn't screaming. Like I didn't even know she was capable of all these things because the, you know, it just seemed very out of character overall. So that's my, like, the number one biggest flaw of the movie is just that the character of his wife is just done dirty as hell. Um, Overall, she's not given enough screen time for that to really matter. I mean, this movie's three hours. Killian Murphy's got to be front and center for two hours and 20 minutes of it. Uh, Downey Jr. for the other 30, and then a mix of people for the rest, like... A tour de force from Killian Murphy. Uh, Give him the Oscar right now. I gotta say. Uh, I don't... I mean, I don't know of what's left on the docket for the remainder of the year, but he fucking obliterated this part. (laughs) Get it? Uh, (laughs) Now, I guess another... Criticism I have is not with the movie itself, but the reporting of the movie itself where, you know, they're like, they did a great job of portraying him thinking and like the quantum world through visuals and whatever. 
they didn't do a ton of that. I mean, there's a little, there's moments of like music build up while there's close-ups of his face and like it's just like a lot of pressure. And that's that stuff works, but I would say overall it shows the anxiety of him more, but I don't think it really showcases inside of his mind that well. Like, I don't know. To me, there was like the there's a lot of the hangover scene where Alan has all the equations coming out of his head. Uh, and there's not really like, sure, there's some scenes of him like rubbing his eyebrow and stuff, but I don't know. I don't think it necessarily comes across just how brilliant and like what exactly is going on in his head. I don't think that that comes across that abundantly clear, but I also think that that makes the movie kind of a slog if that happens. And so there's kind of just a lot of discussion. They're just talking a lot to a lot of people about a lot of things. Um, I don't know a fucking thing about theoretical physics or quantum mechanics or any of this type of shit. I couldn't even like I can say quantum mechanics, but like I don't even remotely know what what that entails in any real way at all. You know, like I know there's equations being <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know the Wikipedia summary because even that doesn't make any sense to me. So my thinking is like the viewers never going to understand this. These are all the smartest people in the world at the time. So none of them would ever explain any of this stuff to each other either. Long story short, I do love the way that they discussed and showed the science in the movie because none of us will get it anyway, so it's just more engaging to see how academics interact with one another, frankly. If that makes you know any sense at all, I just think there's no way to handle the science. There is no way to show what goes on in those people's mind because the way that they... Sh- express it out anyway is in really long giant equations that only those other people can read there just is no way to do it now there are really cool apparently done practically cutaways to like little waves and like electrons and like visions in his head but to me that still doesn't describe or explain any of any of it very well now again the the stuff where it's like to show how much pressure he feels and just how like explosive it is and how brutal it is to just have that much going on in your head. I think when they do it with music and shit, it's awesome. The score in this is awesome. The cinematography the whole time, incredible. That's never a problem with Nolan. I'm not going to try to diss the guy on that. Uh, As I said, always great direction. And I think he finally pretty much nailed a script to where, like, again, other than the one character, it was pretty great. Uh, didn't love seeing a lot of Josh Peck. I just can't take him seriously. Not that he did very poorly as an actor or anything. Just doesn't work for me. Uh, ton of great cameos in this. If you even want to call them cameos, I don't know. They're technically playing very important historical figures, but they're cameos, whatever. Uh... Yeah, I mean, I wish I had a lot more to say, to be honest. It kind of blew me away how much I liked it. I wish there would have been a little more hands-on viewing of them building the town in the desert. I don't know why. I just would have liked that aesthetically. There's no real reason for it. Uh, The Trinity test was breathtaking. Execution, everything about that was amazing to watch. Um, I guess I, I was curious to see what levels we were going to go with for Nagasaki Hiroshima. There were none. So don't worry about that. Now he has visions in this movie that are breathtaking of like the explosion happening, like right in front of him, let's say, and him watching like people's face melt and stuff like that. And, you know, it doesn't get too gruesome or anything like that, but 
I do it it is brought up the aftermath of what happened to people um last podcast on the left just did a series on the Manhattan Project so all of this was very fresh in my mind the whole time and I was like oh yeah I'll, I like I kind of knew a lot more of it going in than I ever would have before so I do think that that probably matters a lot because I think this would have been kind of hard to follow otherwise uh it does jump through time quite a bit um especially to post the bomb and his fall from grace however you want to word it um basically he got soft after they dropped the bomb and tried to be like yo you guys should never drop a bomb again not that he necessarily was soft at any point before or hard before he was never really advocating for them to drop it he was just so fascinated with the science of it and he wanted to have the like he wanted the greatness he wanted to bring it to reality he became fascinated with the idea um he also viewed it as necessary to finally end the war but then you know there's the reports of like the war could have been won anyway was it necessary blah 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 um, and look, the government was just very crazy at the time and everybody was pretty much willing to still just like kill people, <laughs> like to just get power and win. And that lasted for a very long time. JFK gets dropped in this. Uh, so the early, early aughts of him shaking things up. Uh, look, it was fascinating. Honestly, if anything this movie just made me want to dive even a little deeper, maybe pay better attention to the podcast that I kind of passively listen to, I'll be honest, at times. Uh, phenomenal. Now, again, I wouldn't say masterpiece. Like it, it, It's his masterpiece thus far, but I wouldn't say it's like a work of great. Like, you know what I mean? It's not an all-timer. Like Pantheon shit. But what a fucking tour de force. I feel like I just keep contradicting myself. You get what I'm trying to say, you know? Primo. What a turn of events. Uh, I gotta say, I was surprised as I was watching it. Uh, word on the big picture was also that the last hour was a slog. I felt that it kind of picked up. Uh, the pacing of this movie is pretty excellent for being three hours. To me, the beginning's the roughest part just because he's young and there's not really a lot going on. It's just kind of him in school. Uh, but they get out of that pretty fast, and he's pretty quickly already getting involved in the project. And uh, it's just rapid fire, and it just keeps cutting. The timeline stuff does help. Um, Matt Damon was excellent. I mean, yeah, really... Really great stuff. Really great stuff. Shout out, Chris Nolan. Just, you know, be less be less pretentious. Be less British. And I'll like you a little more. Okay. <sighs> On to the next one. This is probably what people really came here for. Um, I... I also didn't know what to expect with Barbie. Um, you know, I knew Greta Gerwig was going to do something smart with it. Uh, there was no doubt about that. I've only seen Lady Bird. I think this is her fourth or fifth movie, Barbie. Um, Lady Bird famously was, you know, 100% forever, just like Paddington 2. Uh and yeah, I think that that is a perfect movie. I love that movie. It's thoroughly entertaining. It's really funny. And talk about quick editing. I mean, every part of Lady Bird is like 30 seconds and then it just keeps anyway. So uh, I'm not a Noah Baumbach fan. I can say that definitively. In fact, I think he kind of sucks. But maybe that's just when he directs because the stuff he's written like with people is usually pretty solid. Um, 
But yeah, white noise, what a fucking nightmare. That was dog shit. Check out the episode on white noise. Uh, <laughs> Love Gosling. Everybody on Earth loves Margot Robbie. Um, so they do an opening scene. It's it's uh, it's an homage to 2001. Little girls playing with dolls. And then the Barbie doll is the monolith. And the little girls are all like the apes. And they start destroying their baby dolls in favor of the Barbie doll. Loved it right away. Um, Mattel. Here's the thing. Mattel is obviously a corporation. So they're obviously probably not very great. But they did a couple smart things here. One, and most importantly, they got someone who is a real artist to do something original around their thing. This will always be a formula for success. Well, you, I mean, you know. You can't guarantee everything. Some things aren't going to come out great. But, you know, not that he would be willing to. But, like, if McDonald's got Christopher Nolan to make the Hamburglar movie, it would be a lot more interesting than if they hired the Russo brothers to protect the brand. You know what I'm saying? So, anyway... um. They let Greta Gerwig do her thing 100%. And that's the only way you're going to get a good movie that's just about some product. So I respect that right away. Now, is this the most perfect thing I've ever seen? No. But if you're, if there's a movie about a doll, this is as fucking good as it's going to get, pretty much. Um, they also let her critique Mattel. And the doll itself, or at least what the doll represented or had come to represent, or even what society viewed of it. They allowed all of that to be honestly done in the movie. Now, the Mattel brand is heavily featured. Will Ferrell plays the CEO. And they're played as kind of like goofball idiots. They're not portrayed as evil, which kind of a given but their role in the movie doesn't work for that reason. They don't really have any real motive to be in it. Um, so basically, Barbie, as you saw in the trailer, I'm sure you've seen the trailer. She begins thinking about dying all of a sudden. They live in a Barbie world utopia where everyone's a Barbie. And... She has to go to the real world to uh, connect with the person who owns her because every Barbie in Barbie world is representative of a doll that is owned by someone in real life. Whatever. So, anyway, they're spotted all over town and the people at Mattel are like, we have to catch her and put her back in the box in a box before the world finds out i guess um but they don't do anything or catch her and nothing really happens and she just ends up going back on her own and then they follow her to the barbie world and then nothing really happens there um, they're used as a metaphor for how all CEOs are all male and it doesn't make sense that the Barbie, whatever. And yeah, all valid points. I'm just saying functionally for the story just doesn't work. As you can hear by my lazy lackadaisical run through of their role in this, it just, it doesn't function as anything. Um, they're not in the human world for as long as you would think the movie kind of seems like it's like a fish out of water tale, like the trailer, it's not really that. They kind of just come over. Barbie is sexually harassed and treated poorly. And Ken is kind of treated well for like 10 seconds. And he uses that to re to discover that like men are not subservient to women as they are in Barbie land. Uh, whereas 
in Barbie land, he's just kind of desperate for her attention and she kind of doesn't really care about what's going on with him. Anyway, he then comes back and starts a Ken revolution and they want to take over Barbie land and be them have it be like it is in the real world. And then they thwart that plan to which there was no real stakes or threat of that really happening either. Uh, There's just not really any stakes for any of the plot. Now, it is like a childish, kid-friendly plot. It does kind of feel like, almost like Good Burger-esque in the storytelling style. I don't really know how else to make that comparison with any type of argument it just feels that way to me i don't know uh but ultimately the movie is just like a message to young girls about you know hey be you and that's cool and don't let beauty standards and societal standards get in your way and you could be whatever you want just like me, because I'm Greta Gerwig, and I'm determined, and I work hard, and I'm making Barbie, you know? And that's all great, and the messaging is all great, and, you know, I mean, Lady Bird is a more effective movie to show a young girl, I would say, because it does all the same things for that in a much better way, in a much more real way. But this is a commercial thing and whatever. And for that, like, again, nothing but praise for what you're working with. It's just like as a movie, objectively, it's like, yeah, pretty, pretty whatever. Um, But for being a Barbie movie, it's like this is the best thing it ever could have been. Uh, Michael Sarah plays Alan, who is like some weird offshoot of Ken that whatever. I mean, the fact that Ken is treated as like a well-known property is probably the biggest flaw of the movie. I mean, he is well known, but you know, who has one? I don't I've never even seen a Ken doll. I've only heard of Ken dolls as a punchline. Um, so that's kind of a flaw that Alan becomes the punchline, but Hey, Ryan Gosling was great in the movie, you know, whatever. Robbie was great. Again. Will Ferrell was pretty funny as the Mattel CEO, but I mean, you know, they their place in the movie was kind of weird and unnecessary. Um, but it was all tied back in. Bunch of like loose connections between all the characters in the movie and whatever and you know, it was fun. But a little too childish, as dumb as that's, I mean, you know, I get it, but, you know, just for me, a lot of adult-aimed humor and references and stuff, but overall still just a, a too childish of a movie. Uh, like, in story, that's what I'm saying, basically. Uh, like, all the elements of the plot we're just too childish for for any of it to have any real stakes or for it to feel like this any of this matters it was all too just childish it was just like it was the problem with the super mario bros movie which again <laughs> means nothing because it was incredibly successful it's not supposed to be oppenheimer it's not aiming for you know perfection it's aiming at pure entertainment for children completely different um this was obviously done with more effort to appeal to more than just that um which again you know no just to the mario movie either i I did an episode on that and i i kind of loved that movie as well but i i could have skipped it i gotta say uh both of these movies, the marketing hype and the internet hype did just kind of pressure me into seeing it because uh, I wasn't that interested in Oppenheimer at all because, again, of my... Oh, I'm admitting now, almost, my too harsh uh, feelings about Christopher Nolan that are a little... Like, my views on it are a little m- uh, more out of touch with reality than I think. Or previously thought. But I still don't think that he is the big name draw that. Or even in the class that he. Sh- like he is in a tier below 
Tarantino, Fincher, PTA, whatever. Even if it's their 1A and he is in 1B, I just think he is that slight level below them. But, again, I'm acting like he makes dog shit movies and everybody is like pretending like they're all the best things ever. They're just slightly worse than the initial reception, and then time usually lends itself well to that anyway. So I think he is kind of accurately whatever. <laughs> I'm reassessing is my point. Uh, but the trailer sucked me in, and then the you know, the mounting, mounting pressure and consistent, consistent press. Uh, you know, you just couldn't avoid it, and I just had to do it. Uh, Barbie, I was more interested in initially because of the Greta Gerwig factor, and I knew she would do something interesting with it. Um, but yeah, that weirdly was, so I thought Christopher Nolan was going to go weird with it because I didn't think he would necessarily make just like a true biopic movie and that there'd be something in there that would be like too like sci-fi or conspiracy or something i don't know but it was played a hundred percent straight and real like the whole thing was reality and i guess that's my other thing is him trying to be this like i'm a cinema guy that bothers me is that he uses like vfx all the time and the fact that he was just a like anti-vfx thing on this is like I mean, it made sense for you in this movie because it's said in the past and you're playing it straight. I get it. But to act like you don't use CGI ever, you know, sometimes you need it and you can use it in the right way. I just think being against something like that is dumb. Um, I think being against it when you straight up don't need it. Sure, of course. Um, but whatever. So, yeah, that just doesn't make sense to me. You know, no, you don't need it for a car chase or what, you know, I agree with all that sentimentality and whatever. Um, it's just a weird hill because like you're only really yelling at other directors and movie people. It's kind of just like, I don't want to hear your problems, you know, like your work problems are still pretty sick to have compared to mine, buddy, <laughs> you know, so it's just like. Why don't you just shut the fuck up like you you get to direct hundred million dollar movies. That sounds fucking great. And I would love to do that. You know, I would like to start smaller, but hey, the offer comes. What can you say? Um, But yeah, so I thought he was going to get weird, didn't get weird. And then I thought Gerwig would get more weird and it was less weird, more commercial, but a lot of good stuff in there either way. So just very interesting. Very, very interesting. Um, and I think I think that since he played it so straight and since he had something to adapt from, it's kind of like he didn't really write an original, like since it's an adaptation. I think point is, I think he should do more adaptations if he's going to always be writing his own movies. Or I think he should direct something someone else writes. Like even if it were like somebody really high profile, Aaron Sorkin, Christopher, like if Aaron Sorkin had written this movie, it wouldn't have surprised me at all. Um, so again, except for the woman part, although does he have great women, Aaron Sorkin? Not necessarily. I'd have to really think about that, but you know, that's interesting. Like, I think maybe that is what could get him to like on a Fincher type scale you know like david Fair, how how often does he write his not very i think he helped write mank i didn't really care for mank very much frankly mankly um whatever that's neither here nor there so yeah i, I don't understand it but uh you know people went out these movies are making a lot of money it kind of seems like movies are coming back um, I think that Barbie will actually be a positive thing either way because it'll inform, hopefully, 
other studios, other people that are trying to make movies about intellectual property or even just products, whatever, that they can still be good. They can still be interesting and original and unique and we can put a spin on stuff and we can be meta and we can be smart and we can do all these things and it won't it'll just enhance your everything will always just enhance your brand as long as it's just a good fucking movie. Um, I will also add to close the pod. The Hindus are mad at Oppenheimer. I meant to do this earlier. Uh, because they're fucking when he first says I am become death destroyer of worlds and they're mad that people would fuck while holding a book look here's what i gotta say the christians have really chilled out now there's they still pop up and the real real ones are always mad about something you just don't hear it anymore the media has suppressed it well look man it's just a fucking book they're just holding the book you could just choose to not be mad about that you know what i mean like, you're just like, they're holding a book while they're fucking, and that's offensive. Like, just don't be mad at it. Don't take it personally. It's not personal. It's just a movie, you know? Like, people say Jesus Christ all the time now. That technically means you're going to hell, right? That's in movies all the time. It's probably in that Sound of Freedom Jesus movie that's out now. You know what I mean? Like, it just doesn't make any sense. So, chill out, Hindus. Isn't that your thing anyway? Being chill? Stick to that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just, just a while, just be up in arms. Just, just come on. Wouldn't you rather just hang out? It's a movie about the guy who invented the bomb that blew up <laughs> and killed like 100, 200,000 people. Many of which had long, slow, painful deaths. And you're offended because he got laid. You know what I mean? Like, come on. Don't, it's not about you. <laughs> That's what they were trying to tell him in the movie. <laughs> He's like, you just built the fucking thing, okay? We don't need you anymore. It was a very interesting element, too. He thought he was a lot more important. They kept trying to tell him, like, dude, you know, you're just a fucking, you're just building it. They don't care. You know, this isn't, you don't get to decide what happens afterward. Like, you're a contractor. Anyway. Chill out. <laughs> it's everywhere. It'll all be all right. Uh, a lot worse things happened later in the movie. So. Do with that what you will. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Please rate, review, and subscribe to this very podcast wherever you listen or even where you don't. The numbers still add up to me. Maybe. I don't really know how it works. I'm not very good on the analytical side. So, hey, if you're a marketing guy and you want to just do something for free, you know, boost me up. Let's get famous. I'm trying to be on Are You Garbage? <laughs> soon so let's make that happen putting that out into the world that's what you're supposed to do i think according to oppenheimer and look at how well things went for him rate review and subscribe everything's linked in the description below i'm not going to bring all that stuff back up but go check all it out we got lots of goodies uh don't know what's coming up next week but I'm sure I'll have something that you know what I won't reveal it but we got some Canadian things on the list uh some stuff that's been lingering for a minute that I've referenced a lot and just haven't done I know how people love when I do that tease something and then it doesn't happen for a year or in the case of Atlanta, ever, because I may never finish the show. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> I will talk to y'all next week. It's been a pleasure. 
Check these movies out. Let me know what you think. But remember, like the little boy and the fat man, I are fat, you are fat, we are fat. Calc you later. We did it.